Must have gotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for that! Welcome to episode number two of the Take with Willie and Ian. I think, is it called Take with Willie Mason again? No, just Willie and just Ian. Just Willie and Ian. Sounds so good. nice that I get involved in the name. It's, oh, makes me yeah. feel all warm and fuzzy, Will. Well, you cried about it for two years, so. It's my show. Yeah. You're just. Pretty much. You're just my guest yeah. every week. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, the dogs. Look at that. The William Mason effect. Straight out of the gates. In one of the probably the greatest games of football I've ever seen. <laughs> Two of the premiership heavyweights. It, it was a tough, gritty game. And they won. Usually in the last couple of years, they've usually lose those games. So for the guys to get up, I was so happy for the club, the players, Baz. Like I was I was in Melbourne for my mate's wedding. And um, luckily my mate owned the pub, so he could turn all the footy on because it's all fucking AFL. And guys would have thought I was this psycho just yelling at the screen and everything like that. And what happened in the last couple of minutes when they thought they scored? And I was like, no. And then they got the video ref. Thank you, video ref. God, I love video refs and bunkers and stuff. They're awesome. Is that what you said on Twitter? Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I said. And then yeah, I shot it earlier a couple of times. <laughs> oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Um, yeah, but I was so happy for the club. The guys have been putting a lot of work in. So even though it was an ugly game, they still could have lost that game, but they figured it out and they won. So congratulations to the Bulldogs. They got a first win for, for a while. I think there was some really good footage that they showed with Josh Adokar bringing that real Melbourne attitude where he was sort of getting into his team. He was about to play the ball and he was saying, don't break. Like that attitude, I yeah. think, is what that Canterbury side needed. And it's going back to, I guess, yeah. what people talk about, the Dogs it's, of War style. It's infectious, you know what I mean? And even though like it wasn't – you know, it wasn't a blowout or anything like that. It was still a win and they defended and it was gritty and it was that old sort of dogs of sort of war mentality where you just don't break. You're supposed to have that mentality when you're defending your line, no one breaks it. It'd have to be good luck if they score with a, with a kick, a deflection, a grubber or something like that, but not just rolling through on an easy try. So there was no easy try scored. No, the 13 no try scored. It was yeah. not the <laughs> It would have been the hardest conditions attacking. to play in. Like, yeah. It was humid. It started pissing down rain. It was hot. You know what I mean? These guys, I think they played at 6 o'clock. It would have been 30-something degrees. The ball's slippery. Like, it's the worst conditions to play in up there. And they got it done because the Cowboys are used to that kind of shit. It'll be interesting, actually, because I just looking in my deep research that I do every week just as I walk in just before I start talking <laughs> – um, Either the Bulldogs or the Broncos will be two from two from two this week, mm. and either the Roosters or the Manly side will be none from two. So there you go. It's weird, isn't it? How it it's works a out. weird little setup. Brisbane will be hard this week. I think they were very impressive. Or was South Paul? We said that at the start. I don't think South will be as dominant, but I didn't think um, Brisbane would come out and pretty much control the middle the whole game. Mm. Payne Haas is on another level. Round one, 70 minutes. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like he's just, he's just on another level. Before we go on, I've got a bit of a, I don't know how to put this, Will. It's a bit embarrassing, but I've, I've got a confession to make to you and to people listening at home. Um, I'm going through a tough time at the moment and I'm addicted to hot cross buns and I've eaten <laughs> about 4 million of them. I had five before <laughs> I got here today. Easter. What are you doing? I'm a fat mess and <laughs> someone needs to stop me. So anyway. We'll just go to E-Lab, mate, and we'll just train. Chang, yeah, I'm Chang, back will, Chang will get you fit. I'm back training, but I tell you what, I'm doing all the good stuff in the morning at 5.30 and then I'm doing all the bad See, stuff coming up. I told up you, you train too early. You got too I much get time too hungry. I get 9.30. You've got to train with me at 9.30. It's the best time. It is the best time. Actually, big shout out to all the boys at E-Lab, to, to yeah, Mark and Whippet and Chang. It's, you know, they're doing a reignite thing and I need a bit of reignition. They just probably don't need me to be eating as many hot cross buns as I am. Yeah, I need a little bit of work from five days in Melbourne as well. All right, well, let's quickly go into round one. What I would like to talk to you about is, in terms of round one, this was probably closer than most of the round ones that we've seen in a while. There's usually a couple of blowouts. Last year there was blowouts from, from round yeah. one onwards. This time it was closer. Mate, have teams got better? Were teams worse this year, do you reckon? Like, was the game standard I think better the, or worse? The players evolve, and they evolve with the rules. Like, last time, what was it, round six, and then they all of a sudden change it to this six-to-go rule? It just blew everyone out. So, like, 
now you train at a different level. They would have they would have upped their ante at um and in preseason. So the, the forwards got fitter. You can see the guys like you know, with um you know um Fafita and all these other blokes. They look, look like they dropped a couple of kilos. So everyone just everyone seems to evolve, and it takes a little bit. Now this year everyone's on a, a pretty pretty fair playing sort of field, don't you think? Yeah. There wasn't real blowouts. There wasn't like fifty four to six. There wasn't anything like that. So defenses get better, players evolve, and it takes a while for them to adapt to the rules. And it seems like they have. So you'll see a lot of uh, a lot of close games this year. I don't think it'll be any blowouts like it was last year. Obviously, you're going to get your rare ones, but nothing nothing too crazy. So players do evolve with the game, and they get used to the rules, and then it gets back to the norm. Players may look fit now, but they're going to a real danger zone coming up to Easter with hot cross buns. <laughs> so keep it's an eye the on the middles. That's maybe it's a sports science. That's the next That's key. All it is. Hot cross buns. Analytics, not the, just the fruit ones. No chocolate. <laughs> um, one thing I guess that we so, should mention. Sorry, I'll ask you. What do you think? Like looking just optically, not stats or anything points. Do you think the standard of the game was high, or do you think most of the games are pretty mediocre? Ball skill level. I'm talking like attack mode, all that balls. kind of stuff. A lot of drop balls, wasn't yeah, there? There was so. a lot of drop balls. Uh, look, I think you know. I think probably you hit the nail on the head a bit. I think last year teams came into the season and then with the rule changes they blew out and I think probably it looks like and I mean you can probably speak to this but I think the pre-season they've done a lot more conditioning work and they probably yeah. haven't done as much ball work as they have in the past because no. they're really trying to focus on getting teams to that 80 minute mark and a lot of a lot of things go wrong in pre-season with covid and, and kids can't train for like a week or two so if you get three or four of your key main kids out, which happened at the Bulldogs a fair bit. Yeah. The Bulldogs only did three opposed sessions before their second trial. Three opposed sessions. Yeah, right. You're supposed to be doing like in the tens and twenties. Like you're supposed to be doing that at least once a week, once or twice a week against reserve grade. So you can get you know used to or it. you can get used to it, get used to the grind, and they can only do three. Mm. You know what I mean? So that's massive. COVID and a has lot of club and a lot of clubs have been in that situation. So it might take about five or six games till everyone starts clicking. You know, hitting holes at like a hundred mile an hour, catching catching those balls, all that kind of stuff. The ball, you know, like people you gotta be on point all the time in these games. Yeah. You know, so it's and, and that just you can't replicate Game speed at training. As much as you want to do it, you cannot do it at 110% like an NRL game is. So when you train at 80, 90%, and then all of a sudden you come into round one where everyone's just like at a thousand percent, and you start running those lines really hard into into spaces, and it's just a little bit behind you and stuff like that. They're drop balls, you know. And then the weather, you know, North Queensland, for instance, slippery yeah. as hell. A couple of games down here, the ball was slippery, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of a lot of variables that go into the first couple of rounds. But I'm glad that the football wasn't wasn't the most entertaining. But there I wasn't reckon, any blowouts. It was very defensive orientated. Um, who do you think was the most impressive? Well, interestingly, you, it's definitely not a one size fits, fits all model, too. Because from all reports, the Roosters they sat about eight or nine of their starting side out for the trials. They didn't play in the trials at all. Whereas Manly went in their trials having. Full strength sides and Par- both of those teams play like dog shit. Yeah, and Paris' defense was woeful, you know. Mm. And so, I don't know. I think look, you can probably wipe round one. You I can think sort this of, year. but you can fix all these little things. Little up. things, especially if you're at a good club, you can fix all these little things up. Yeah. The Roosters will fix it up. Parramatta will fix it up. They're in great systems. You know, you're not really going to beat those teams two or three times. They're going to go on a. They're not going to go on a, a losing streak for three or four games. They'll fix that stuff up. Robbo will fix it up. They looked a little bit clunky. Newcastle just played and dominated them. Newcastle, they've come out there with no no Saifidi, no David Saifidi, and then like they just mon- they 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 monstered their pack. Mm. They did, and that rarely happens against the Roosters. Like they 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 all physical. They didn't back down, and they played some good football. Maybe it's the Joey effect. That Clune played good. Clifford played good. Ponga was everywhere. You know Talented I mean? family, so, the Saifidis. They've got Daniel and yeah, no, Jacob sorry, sorry, and Daniel. David yeah, as well. Sorry, He's a little sorry, known twin. He's a little known twin. <laughs> Look, I knew I, I got that wrong. Sorry, brother. And let's be honest, if round if round two, if it's a dour, like if there's no try scored, then Vlandis will just come out and say we're not allowed to tackle anymore or they're, yeah, you know, they're using three rule. balls or something yeah. from next week. So it'll be fine. They're going to have three games at once. Speaking of rule changes, William, the concussion uh, incidents mm. on the weekend. They've brought Uncle Wayne out. He's come out from uh, well, wherever he is in, in Red Cliff somewhere. 
preparing yeah. for the Dolphins. Interestingly, the Dolphins uh, website today, um, I had a mate who who's decided that he's going to support the Dolphins because he's obviously got nothing else in his life. And he tried to get on the website to, I don't know, something today, and they were selling jerseys. Whole thing's crashed. Well done, Dolphins. Good start. <laughs> You've got one job. You're all sacked. It was Wayne on his farm just pressing enter. No, <laughs> delete, delete, <laughs> delete, delete. Um, but, mate, he's come out. And obviously there was a couple of things. The Roosters had Radley and Smith go off on the weekend and, and there was a Canterbury player who um, – well, I'll read this out actually because this is classic Wayne Bennett. Um, the other one that was hysterical was the Canterbury player at the end of the game there. He had to be convinced he was knocked out by the trainer. He was no more knocked out than I am sitting here right now, but he was trying to work out why he was doing a concussion test. How good Wayne? He's the king. He can sit back and just say whatever he wants. He can throw stones yeah. for the next He's little good. bit. He's good. Um, the Victor Radley thing was Paul, you know, and, and don't think for a second that you're not going to try and exploit these little rules. I know as an ex-player – and the rule just come in in 2014 and I was still playing. And then like a trainer would come on and go, look, you're a little bit rad. I'll be like, fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, cause if you're a senior player and stuff at your club and you've got a little bit of pull, obviously it's a lot more strict now, but you'd be like, because you, you know, I've been in the game for what was it? About 15th or 16th year. I'm like, fuck off. I'm sweet. You know what I mean? I've been through this shit before. Obviously the rules are a lot stricter now. Victor Radley was clearly concussed. He's a tough dude. And I just, I'd love to, I'd hope to think, that every club has the player's best interests at heart. And I just don't think they do. They just, they like, you know, like and let, they need some sort of independent person to look at Victor Radley and go, you're coming off. Not the, not the trainer, not anyone like that, because the trainer has some sort of agenda. You know what I mean? You don't really want that player coming off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like he's yeah. sitting there arguing with the player, the player with the, with the trainer going, I'm fine, I'm fine. And he probably was fine, but you still concussed, Victor. He plays the game nice and tough, and I want to see him play every single game, but he was clearly concussed. He got put in a really bad position there, and I'm not sure how you fix that. Do you, the bunkers there, you've got refs there, you've got independent doctors there, but we're still having these problems. So you need to, they need to come in, the NRL need to come in. If they've got the real big problem with this issue, HIA issue, our, your club doctor or trainer cannot come on there and tell you if you're concussed or not. There needs to be an independent doctor or another trainer or someone else that can make that decision because players will make their own decision if that trainer is not strong enough. If you come at, as I said, like if you come at anyone like that, if you're a senior player in that team, you're like, I'm sweet. And you can fake it. Unless you're completely knocked out, you can sort of fake it. And I looked at Victor Radley going, he's rattled, but he looks all right. You've been concussed for the last 12 years and no one can tell. No one can tell. It's just Since 2000. <laughs> and you know what I mean? But so, so if, the, if the NRL are really serious about HIA and all these problems with, with head knocks, they would come over the top of clubs and do something about it. There's been some pretty dumb decisions. Or do they wait until someone who's just, say, played in the 2000s, late 90s, and he dies because of head knocks? You know, are you waiting for something that dramatic so you can fucking pull your finger out? Like, do it now. Look at the look at the NFL and look at all these other things. That kid, the AFL, what's the guy from the AFL? Daniel Frawley. Daniel Frawley. He passed away because of, of head knocks. You know what I mean? Are you waiting for something dramatic like that to happen? And then it's on your, that's, 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 that's on you, NRL. Do you know what I mean? So they've got to do something about it now. Otherwise, something like that shit's going to go down. And it'll be someone from my fucking era as well because no one cared about the HIAs back in the 2000s, the late 90s and all that kind of stuff. So if they're fair income about this, they'll do something right about. They'll do something right now because it's been around for the last six, seven years and it's still a topic. Well, they did do something. What they did was they put an independent doctor in the bunker. Now, I have been involved in the health industry for a while and let me tell you, Putting a bloke in a bunker, in a bunker, a weight like it's telehealth. It must be cheaper for the NRL. Like why isn't he? Why is he? Has he? Why doesn't he have his boots on the ground? Why don't they have all these independent bunker doctors at every single game? Why wouldn't you put him? Why is he in the bunker? Why would you? Put, like, I don't understand. Put, That's one thing. It just makes no sense to me. All he's doing then is he's watching the same video footage. He can't ask any questions. Like concussion is a very you know, it, it is a fine line because if you have a head knock and, and you're dazed for a second and then you shake it off, 
and then you look absolutely fine because you're walking around. But then a doctor can assess that and go, well, you're actually, you know, you don't know what day it is. Instead but of wasting okay. all your money on the bunker, why don't they do something like the NFL do? They have that, that closed sort of um, closet sort of thing where you walk in, they're, they're, they're assessing it live. They're looking at the head knock to see, see if everything. You go in there and you get assessed by that guy and then he can make that decision. You don't do this shit sitting in your fucking ivory tower in a bunker trying to make decisions on a kid like that. You've got to be there. They've got to, they've got to do something about it. They need to have some sort of system where it works. So if you think that kid's concussed, he goes off the field, gets assessed by this doctor when it's all covered up and they look at the video, all that kind of stuff, and they're like, you are not right to play. Yeah. Full stop. It is funny too because even – so my, my son's in the under-13s now and – They've got blue slips essentially. So if you if they get a head knock, if they if they even look like they're hurt, you know, with a head knock, then it's basically a mandatory two weeks off. Regardless, you've got to go and see a doctor. Yeah. A doctor's got to sign off. And then you look at these blokes. But then and you look at the NRL, who's the cream of the crop, and they just supposed to be them. leading the way in a lot of things, and they still let this shit slide. And we're still talking about this stuff now. The big Uncle Wayne has to come out and slam it again. Good on him. He's having a good time on the farm, except for the website. So the other thing that the NRL is not. I mean, look, this is a step forward. So with the NRLW, so the Women's Rugby League, um, they've announced that they're going to bring in a couple more teams um, next year and then two more teams after. So there'll be four more teams. Um, I think the Bulldogs might be having a team in there. They might, should. You could coach I might it. coach, yeah, I You will. could coach it. I'll run the water. And then <laughs> basically they're still behind the AFL, but they've, they've increased their salaries by 30%. Um, the total – Allocation per team is three hundred and fifty grand. And when you think that they're it's running not off enough. that not amount enough. of players, it's still chicken feed. I mean, the the average um, NRL player, the producer actually did something today, but he told me before the show that the average NRL player is on three hundred. So that's sure. basically one. The average salary for a bloke playing mm. men's is the entire. Now I'm not saying that the women's game. The critics always go, oh, they're not creating their own revenue and blah, blah, blah. But it's an investment in the future. Like if you can get women into a, into NRL and they become supporters, well, the money flows because they start going to games. They start going to – they start up with the women's game, then they go, oh, actually, I quite like that. And then they start going to the men's game. And you don't necessarily profit straight away. But I tell you what, as a club, if I can double my membership because I've got – of 30,000 members, I've got – 10,000 women and 20,000 men. Yep. Well, if I can get an extra 10,000 members, that, that money pays for itself in, in two years. And I wonder if they – I don't understand why they wouldn't think like that. Like 350,000 is just not enough for these women. I'm not sure. How many, how many games do they play in a year? There's six teams, so they probably play each other once, so there's probably five and then finals. I think I don't know. Um, find that out. Can someone find that out? Producer, we'll have a please? look and we'll put it up just on the – Just find that out. The then, we'll, then we can sort of elaborate a little bit more on it. But I just think – I just don't think three hundred fifty thousand is enough. Do you and know what I mean? Got, I think I think it should be like a, a million dollars for each team. A million, yeah, a, a million dollar cap. Yeah, a million dollar cap. Just keep, keep it even at that. These girls work hard. They train hard. They're getting as they're getting as ferocious as the men. I see some of these games. It's massive hits. It's more. It's a lot. It's a lot of fun to watch. So and yep. so they play five rounds. Five rounds. Yeah. So. You know, at the end of the day, they've still got to give up their time to do that. It's you know, look. The problem with anything So that's, potentially you're going to play eight games. Yeah. If you make the grand final. Yeah. So you've got to train for however long before it, you know, in a full-time role. You've that's got to go to uni. With, you've got kids. You've got yeah. everything. There's a lot of variables there. Is this enough money to, to keep your family afloat? No, it's not. No. You know, if these girls could be like, just say, if you're, the, if you're a star in the game, you're on, you know, close to 100,000. I think that's fair. Ali Brigginshaw and there's a couple of girls who dominate the game and they're mm. the face of the game. Like they're pretty, they're good players and they're like, I think they deserve a lot more money. And I've done it. Like I'm not sure why we can't give them more money. I'd love well, to get Clint Newton on here. Short-sighted, you know, to be honest. The RLPA, like I'm not sure who's, who, do, who pays their salary. Like the NRL pays most of NRL players' salary. So like who is playing, who is paying the girl's salary? You now, you've just bought a team. I just bought <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, Captain who is paying the, who's paying the salary? It'd is it, is it about TV rights? Because I'm pretty sure they they view pretty well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So, like, it's it's very confusing. And I just don't imagine. What, I'm not very good at percentages. So, what was it before three hundred fifty thousand? Thirty percent less. 
Yeah, I just said I'm not fucking good with numbers, right? And percentages. So, so I'm not working that out. Well, you, no one can work it out. No, it's it's three hundred. Three hundred. I was going to say three hundred, but they've put it up. They've put it. Yeah, they haven't. They've, they've put, put it up, up fifty up. grand. It sounds good in percentage. Yeah, yeah, 30%. exactly. It's like, like I'm getting ten girls, bucks. Man, a game. I know how hard these girls work. They train with Roger Faber, he's, he's a guru sprint coach, and like he's like they train, they train, they train so hard. They do so many other things. You know what I mean? Just because it's not the men's game, and this happens all around the world, right? WNBA and all these other things. The only teams that are on top of it: soccer, cricket, tennis, three sports. All the other women's they try and play the game. WNBA like like they get rattled. You know what I mean? They're playing. They're playing way more games. And their salary, salary cap was like, like LeBron is, everyone's salary is just like 10 times the women. Mm. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure what we do about it. Like the girls aren't, they don't, they're not in a position where they can strike. They can't do anything. They're not in a power position. I think the NRL knows that. So they just take the piss and just drip feed them. It's not fair. Well, we've just decided that you, the dogs will have a side and you will be coaching it. And I'll be assistant coach. Assistant coach. <laughs> you can be the assistant's assistant. I'll, as long as you I can get, assist me being an assistant, I'll run the water, and That's then it. they'll all get really blue dehydrated. Blue shirt. Blue shirt. Too unfit to get on there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just quick. Too many hot cross buns. So just quickly, uh, Jason Tamalolo. Speaking of, he's on a he's on ten million bucks. He's Good. on the next salary cap for the next four hundred years. And deserves every cent. Trouble in paradise. Will he stay at the Cowboys? Yes or no. Yes, because I don't think another team will fork out $4 million. You know, I think Jason Tamalolo is still a, still a premier forward. 30 tackles on the weekend, played 51 minutes, one miss, 15 hit-ups, 136 metres in a team where they had no go forward. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think you understand what happens. I mean, like, and he probably appreciate this now. Two names, James Tamal, Matt Scott. Yeah. Two guys that were really – and I understand – He's the, the way that he plays because I was in that situation where I had Roy Asatasi, Marco Mealy, before that Steve Price, and I was the third, that third prong. You know what I mean? It helps when these dudes are running through fucking brick walls for you and then the whole, the whole ruck split and then I get a ball and there's 20 metres to run and I can pick whoever the hell I want to run at. I can run at the seven, I can run at the nine, I can run wherever I want. That's what JT was doing. Because he was on quick play, the balls. Granville was killing it. Tarmay was there. Cooper was cleaning up a lot of the work. You know what I mean? There was a really good balance in that Cowboys side. And Taumalala was the best forward in the world. Right now, I couldn't name that pack. Cohen Hess, maybe. And he's mm. put in the front row. And I just think he didn't try. Leave him in the middle. Leave him what he's doing. Because those stats were pretty good. Um, but a lot of teams are going to be game planning for JT right now because what they're going to do is just run at him, run at him, and run at him all the time in in attack. So it's just going to fuck you. You know what I mean? Take you're his just legs going out. to be yeah. You're going to take his legs out, and he just doesn't have those other players in his team that can do the work like Matt Scott. Matt Scott was one of the best props to play the game. James Tarmel was one of the props to play, best props to play the game. His time up there. Do you know what I mean? So they had a, a, had a hell of a lot of like help with him. Now he doesn't have help. So give the kids some help. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not sure. You know, you, got, you bought Jordan McLean up there. You bought. You bought a, other, a couple of other players, but they just. They're not just. Do, they're not doing that thing. They're not developing any other players. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with JT. I don't think he'll leave. I just think he's he's going to probably finish his career up there. And people don't understand. He debuted when he was 17 years old. He's 30 now. Mm. It's a long. It's a long time. He's played a lot of football. You know, you just probably got to limit limit his. Limit his minutes. Don't play him 80 minutes. He's not an 80-minute play. He was like that probably five years ago when he was in his peak. You know, let's, let's not say – if this is not – I know this is not his peak, but look at those stats. They're it's probably better, they're better, than, they're, they're better than most forwards. You know what I mean? But as I said, it's a business right now. I think he deserved every single cent he got. They, they paid him because you're not paying – they're paying for it right now and they're struggling – because they're struggling. If they're all killing it, they'd be like, he's worth every single cent. But now because they're going ordinary, they're trying to blame him because he's on, he's on a million dollars and he signed a 10-year deal. He didn't want probably – he probably didn't want that 10-year deal. You wanted that 10-year deal. So deal with it. I'd take the 10-year deal. Of course you'd take the 10-year deal day. because you cannot keep that, that peak for 10 years, you know what I mean? Especially at a club like the Cowboys who come up and down. They're not like Melbourne when you've got a guy like Cameron Smith who could have signed a 10-year deal in 2006 or something like that, and you still would have been getting that same shit in 2016. 15-year deal. 15-year deal for Cam Smith. 
You know what I mean? Like he he could have maintained that and no one would have said a thing. But because it's Melbourne and Melbourne system, you're not at a Melbourne system now. You know what I mean? So you're 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 in North Queensland. That's a team that has gone right down because they've had Hall of Fame players retire in the last five to six years. So he's left with what's there, what's there now. They haven't developed anyone, they haven't helped him, they haven't tried to buy other people. Do you know what I mean? So deal with it. Pay the kid every single month. He should have been on 1.5 mil when he was killing it. I always said that. He's underpaid when he was at his peak. Yeah. So just deal with it now because it's a business. And where's the fucking loyalty to Jason Taumalolo now? Hey, let's have everyone back Jason Taumalolo instead of going, oh, he's overpaid. He ain't overpaid. Leave the kid alone. You need to ring Todd Payton. <sighs> All right, there's a few... They're all kind of good games this week because you just can't get a read after last week's games no. on who's what and what's who. So the Thursday game is the Storm and the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs, this is an important game for them because mm. even if they don't win, they need to show more than they did last week because they're pretty average last week. They've got the trail back, which will take a lot of pressure off the creativity side of things. They've probably got more points in them than yeah. than what they did. The left edge still looked dangerous. The left edge looked good. Um, you know, Cody Walker will probably play better when he knows that he's got the trill there. It's not all falling on him. I think Ilias is still finding his feet as a um, you know, as a as as a as a half. So you're gonna give them three or four weeks to find their feet. Yeah. But I don't know. They don't really have three or four weeks, do they? They've got to start no. showing something earlier just- than that. I don't know. They're sort of missing something in that forward pack. I was having a conversation with someone today. It's just like they're all very similar players. You know, like Nichols, Totola, like sort of just like battering Rams. Like Koloa Matungi, I think, is a lock, but you can't put him at Cam- like with Cameron Murray. Jai Arrow, you know what I mean? They haven't got that real destructive sort of person in that pack. You know what I mean? They, like since pretty much they lost Sam Burgess, you know? So everyone doesn't really, you know, they don't, you don't throw it on an edge. You don't have a David Fafita out there. Like, you know, Jai Arrow, he's a worker. Kaloma Tungi, he can sort of run really good lines, but doesn't really break the line that much. Cam Murray is sort of that, takes a lot of pressure off the young seven there to Work try and, to try and move, move the ruck around. But, like, their forward pack is not – they don't have that real strike, big, ferocious sort of forward where you're like, damn, you know what I mean? Like, like a Payne Haas, like, like Fanua Blake, offloads, big minutes – has a presence in the middle. Because I think, you know, if you're playing against South, if I was playing against South, I'm not worried about not many people in that forward pack. So if yeah. you're playing a good team like Melbourne, Melbourne's not phased. They're not phased because they can they, they all play a different sort of role. So I don't know, like, and that's what takes Damien, as I always, I've always said, if that, that's what takes Damien Cook out of games. If you dominate that middle, to t- that's why the, their front rowers have such a big job, like Tatola and Nichols. They get dominated, you take Cook out of the game. Because he won't run. He can't it, run on a, on a slow play the ball. You think Melbourne, Melbourne do that to South all the time. Yeah. They slow the ruck down and then Cooks, you, you know, you, you can get rid of his game. You know, it's funny like a, too. These these things in preseason. And sorry, someone, and that doesn't ignite Cody Walker because the seven's a rookie. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and then Cody Walker's under a lot of pressure playing both sides of the ruck. And Latrell was missed last week because Latrell can like, he's big body, strong, comes out of yardage good. Do you know what I mean? Like they're still they're still a very good team. They're just not as I said we said last week. They're not just they're just not going to be as dominant as they were in the last four years because they've lost a lot of good players. Yeah, and I think um, you know if you look at if you look at that storm setup as well, they've got players that come out and they get injuries and and but they just they've just got this production line of young kids that just come through and do it's a job. Wait, it's just that they've just been waiting their wait. turn. Yeah, they've just been waiting their turn. I feel sorry for. Shout out to Christian Welch. He's done his Achilles, so he's out for the year. Might take him a while to get back. So good luck with your recovery. I think the young kid Jennings did his ACL. Mm. I think there was a few injuries. Yeah, Brandon Smith. You broke know, his Brandon hand. Smith broke his hands four or five weeks. Lo and behold, how Harry Grant comes in. Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, so like, what I was going to say though, Will, isn't it funny at the start of the year with all of that? Because you know, people start. Munster comes back. Sorry. Before the before the season starts, everyone starts getting excited about it and everyone starts talking about, you know, rugby league and then reality sets in. But they say someone will write an article say Damien Cook's gonna run more this year. And so everyone starts going, Damien Cook's gonna run more. And it's like it becomes and then Do you know who says that? Journalists who don't know shit about the game. They just watch it and you go, What's where's he like, gonna run? Of course he wants to run. 
But he'll run off run quick on, play the balls. He That's how he runs. You're going to run with two two markers set, A, B, A and B set, ready to smack the shit out of you? No. That's what happens when you talk to un, uneducated journalists about the game. They don't get it. They just uh, make stupid outlandish comments like that. That's my Clickbait. job. Clickbait. It's my job. Uh, the St. George Illawarra Dragons are up against the Panthers. And it's – look, I'll, I'm, I'll, put, I'll be the first to put my hand up and say that I Who did not expect – Panthers last week? Shut your mouth. I, do you know? Who? That's right. I what? did. Sorry. <laughs> I Didn't you know that? Do you know, you know I should have gone straight <laughs> past this game. I should have just gone straight to the third one. Oh, anyway, wait. the Panthers were better than I expected and Will tipped them and I didn't. Anything else you'd like to add to that? No, they were impressive. And that was a late tip. Remember, I was just I had Manly at the start. And I was yeah, like, you, you know, I think Panthers might get him. I was so surprised of Sullivan. I didn't have faith in Sullivan. He was killing it. He was going to the line. I don't think many people know how the balls that he was throwing to Crichton. Crichton was killing it. He was coming straight and then throwing it off his inside leg and throwing like these mad cutout balls. Anyone who knows how to pass the ball or understands the game, he was hitting, he was throwing dimes. Yeah, and he, was he good. played some really good football, so I'm happy for him because I think he's been he's he suffered that sort of you know, everyone just sort of hitting with that stick there. He's not that good because he's with, with some really shit clubs. Mm. You know, when they put a lot of pressure on him, he's at the Warriors and all that kind of stuff. Now he's in a great system. He can just do his job and everyone everyone else does their job, a great team. And then, you know, he might play some really good football. So I'm happy for him. What's a net strata? Is that net strata, Jube? Does anyone know what a net strata is? No? Yeah, it's um, – You've got the, all these. The Panthers home ground. No, that's Blueberry. <laughs> no, it's Jubilee. It's Jubilee. Net Strata. I look at these stupid names for these grounds with 1,300 small state, and they change every year. I don't even know what a net strata is. Why are you bothering spot? No one knows what you are. I'm not looking it up. <laughs> a core? Maybe they're trying to get. It's like when that bloke, that roofer bloke, was sponsoring the the sharks because they couldn't get anyone else. Remember that bloke? He just had the roofing thing on the oh, front. Oh yeah, of the with jersey. the Cronulla's. Um, yeah. So do you reckon Panthers were good? Panthers were good. Or Manly was really ordinary. Oh, that Ford Pack. That was Fisher Harris. Someone they'll miss Leota. They'll miss shoulder. Leota. I think shoulder for. Four to six weeks. Someone needed but to Spencer call the Leandu, police. But Spencer Leandu, in that game. Yeah, it was brutal, wasn't it? Was it was awful to watch for Manly fans. They yeah, just got but like bashed. I told you last week, what, what, what they're going to do, they're going to do what Melbourne did to Turbo. Just gonna, they're just going to have to figure something else out. I mean, Turbo's too good a player to, to be held down like that. Panthers is a, is a great defensive system, but like, there's going to be other teams where he's just going to carve up. But Will it be this week against the Roosters? Because the Roosters were hugely disappointing. Yeah. They, they really were. were. They like were. it was, you know, and I don't want to take anything away from that Newcastle side because everybody wrote them off, me included, and said, you know, they're missing this and they're missing that. And mm. But I'll tell you what, that they really did stand up. But that Roosters side, they were just legless. Their yeah, Fords looked their disinterested. Fords. Crichton, you know, Cleary and, and Walker at halves didn't gel. Crichton and Tupanua, two back rollers that just really didn't touch the ball. The stats, I think I'm not a big stat man, but I'm like, they just – I'm not even going to read them out. They'll be embarrassed themselves. But like, but they failed the eye test, which you do. Yeah, that's all I watch. I'm like, yeah. where the hell is these back rollers that can that are dynamic, that can break the line all the time, that are massive hitters, that like everything. Like Frizzell ran, Frizzell killed it. He's so he good. was an animal, man. He yeah, was an so absolute good. animal. So I feed Clemmer. Clemmer sort of evolved. He's evolved. He's starting to evolve as a little bit of a ball player instead of being a battering ramp. Been trying to tell that kid for five years. Got to develop a pass so people just aren't just flying up and just like putting massive shots on you. They were good. Fitzgibbon was good. Mm. You know, like these kids were like they were. I was impressed. I was Fitzgibbon impressed actually Clune. was more physical. He yesterday. was. Yeah, and, he, and I think he was opposite. Um, fucking hell, what's his name? Crichton. Crichton. Yeah, yeah he was. He was opposite Crichton. Crichton is a destructive ball runner. And he handled He's, him, and he handled him all right. Yeah, and he was like, you know, I could see he was talking a lot of shit too. So that next game. Look forward to that. Yeah, you don't want to talk too much. Not here, too much in round one. one. But, yeah, Newcastle was impressive. Clune was impressive. Dane Gagai was impressive. Yeah. Ponga was everywhere, which Joey said he's going to be taking every side of the ruck, wherever it is, he's just going to be there. But Dane Gagai was very good defensively, one of the best players. Brad, Bradman best, freak. You know what I mean? He showed some class. Mm-hmm. Like he just like that little left flick, little giddly flick. He made that shit look easy. Um. The Sorry. next game, Strata it's, a Strata Strata it's a Strata company. management company. All right, well I done. thought that something so, to do with Strata. So, everyone, everyone, everyone who owns a property, get out there and yeah. let Net Strata. Because everyone loves Strata bills. Well, Seabus Super 
yeah. uh, stadium. I don't even know who that is. Is that Gold Coast? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. the Gold Coast are playing the Warriors. I'll give the Warriors, you a tip. I'll give you a tip. The things on the left, they're all the home games. Good point. Yeah. No worries, genius. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, who's going to win this then? All right, I want to say something about the Titans and uh, and David Fafita. He's been copping a fair bit of heat, and I just don't know why. I, just, I, I don't think he's getting coached right, to be honest. I don't think he should be playing 80 minutes every single week because he's not built like that. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 built for power. The reason why he got 1.2 mil off these guys is because he was playing off the bench, starting a few games here and there for the Broncos, playing about 50, 60 minutes of just destructive football both sides of the ruck. You want to put him on the left side and just leave him there for 80 minutes, defences are going to figure him out. They're going to put one more over that side. They're going to work harder from marker, harder from the inside, and they're going to shut down his left foot, even though his right foot is his main is his main weapon. He got on the right side and he made that – I think he, he made 122 metres off nine hit-ups. So that, was, that one run was probably about 60 metres. So if you take that one run off, he's about 70 metres. And I don't think that's good enough. You know what I mean? So I think if I, was, if I was the coach, I would put him in the middle and I would start Tino at front row and put him at lock just so he can get his fitness up and he can attack both sides of the ruck, even if it's a little bit wider of the ruck and you put two of these working most, – most good – like 80-minute back rolls, they just – they're not built like this kid. This kid's like 110 kilos, you know what I mean? Like he's destructive, he's powerful, he fatigues a lot earlier, so it takes it out of his game. So the back end of that – the back end of that game, he was fucking buggered, even though it was round one. But like he just – defences and in, and, and in attack, everyone's running at him. Remember that young kid – remember Dave Taylor? Yeah, yeah. Our game plan was to run at Dave Taylor three times a set for three, three sets in a row, and he was fucked. Because that's how you got to deal with pe- people that are just big, strong, explosive, fast. You got to fatigue them, and that's what they're starting to do to David Fafita. So by the end, back end of halves, he's fucking buggered. Get the get play the kid 25, 30 minutes in the middle, and just destroy teams like we're going to try and do with like Pangai Junior. Just let him in the middle. You got to attack both sides of the ruck. That kid, he can t- he can be on the right side of the field, coming off his right foot, left palm. He can play on the left side. He runs those outside in lines. Like he's got so much. So much skill, and you just want to put him on the left side. If I'm if I'm playing against you, I'm like, thank God you you're leaving him on the left side of the ruck because he doesn't come on the other side. If he's coming on the other side, then he starts destroying. Just his job should be just destroying the six, the seven, the nine, anyone, anyone he wants. Do you know what I mean? Like with footwork, quick play the balls, everything like that. Don't just sit him on a fucking edge. It's what a waste of talent. And everyone just starts start having a crack on him if he doesn't get the ball. If, if, if the ball just doesn't go his way sometimes, everyone just starts having a crack. Why doesn't he do that? Because he's sticking to the game plan. That's the game plan that they have. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, you've, got sure. to, you've got to put him wherever he wants. Put him in the middle, make him work hard for 25, 30 minutes, knowing that he doesn't have to play 80 minutes and save himself. It's killing the kid. And he's too much of a talent for us to sit back and go, let's just put him on the left edge. It's not a left edge back row anyway. So play, play left, play right. I don't know what what he can play. Just put him wherever you want. So just just say, for example, you don't think that Fafita is getting involved enough in a game, and you're a coach. How much is it going to stuff your structures to say to him, mate? Just rove. Just go and if you want the ball in the middle, go get in the middle. Like is it if, is, if he's starting on the back row? If he's starting in the back row, yeah, probably a little bit. But that's what I said. Start him in the middle. Yeah, you just got to start him at lock. Put Tino at front row with Fodawaka, and then you got to still got a good pack. Start Proctor on the left edge, and that other kid, the other young kid, Firma, Firma or whatever his yeah. name is, put him on the edge. They can play eighty minutes. They're nowhere near as big or powerful, so they can and they've played on the edge their whole career. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's, there's ways to work it out. Don't just sit him on an edge. Just let him play. It's frustrating to watch because I know how good the kid is. Imagine this, Imagine they do this to him for the next three or four years. Well, he'll Not leave. good. He'll just leave. Uh, so the Sharks and the Eels. The Sharks were disappointing. I mean, look, that game was a good game and, and it came yeah, right down to the wire, you know, and, and those games are always good games. And Canberra probably stole it from the Sharks a little bit. The Eels for who were, you know, they're up there in, in premiership favouritism and they – played pretty average against that Titans side and let it let them back into the game and they, they they leaked a lot of points. So the Eels are going to come out with a lot to prove, but so are the Sharks. So I reckon that's my game of the round, actually. Be good, Sharks, yeah. Eels. Eels will just be disappointed in the soft tries that they let him. Yeah. Their attack was pretty good. You know, like they, they can, as I said, like good teams will fix that week to week. All right, we'll shoot in defense, fix that now. So I don't think this will be a high-scoring game with the Sharks even though I have backed the Sharks because I don't think they're all that bad. Mm. And I just think the Eels might uh, 
You know what I mean? Like it's, it'll be sharks are really gritty. They like that real gritty sort of dirty little game, and the eels don't. They like the flamboyant sort of sort of style, though. So styles make matches. I don't think this really suits the eels, but first game wrong. back at Points Bet Stadium too. I love Points Bet Stadium. Shark Park, huh? No, it's Points Bet Stadium. Points Bet. <laughs> Uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium is hosting the Cowboys against the Raiders. The Raiders, well, they snuck under. I think the Raiders, I think I said last week if they lost, they have to burn their jerseys. So all the Raiders' jerseys are pretty safe at the moment. (laughs) But um, the Cowboys, if if they come out and lose another game, then the drums will be banging for Todd Payton is my prediction. Um, Because... There's, you know, rumours of a riff with Taumalolo. There's, you know, he did such a good job with the Warriors and then he's gone up there and it's just been, results-wise, it's been terrible terrible for the yeah. Cowboys and they do have some talent on that roster, so. Even the style of play is terrible. That's what it is. You know, like their, just their shape is very predictable. Said last week, Val Holmes, I'd still rather him at fullback. Yeah. That, that, I think the hammer should be on the wing. He's a winger but they think they can just put Val Holmes at centre. Like, if you can – if it's just the middles game, all the all the ball he's going to be getting is play two coming out of yardage. Mm. Who cares? You'd have to be Jonah Lomu to make some line breaks from there. RIP Jonah Lomu. But you know what I mean? Like, you just – you can nullify Holmes and you can just kick it to the other side so Holmes cannot get involved at all. And that's what they were doing. You know what I mean? So – I don't know. I just I would rather put him at fullback because he's going to get twenty to thirty touches a game, and I know something probably about three or four four of those touches might be, be good. might be yeah. tries or set up tries or line breaks or something. So you just play the the percentages with him. I just don't want one of my best player sitting on a left edge twiddling his thumbs. If the Knights were playing anyone but the Tigers, I would back against the Knights because they have a massive history of the Tigers going out weren't bad and playing well. Um, and then coming out and playing terribly the next week. So, um, do you think that? What do you think the Tigers were like against Melbourne? I, look, I think I think there's a lot to work on for the Tigers. To yeah, be honest, I, not I, bad. I liked. You As know, I said last week, Melbourne. I said last week, like unlucky Melbourne round one. Yeah, that sucks. I think if they had to play, you know, like a Dragons or War- uh, Eagles or something, Warriors, they would have won. They would have beaten, I reckon, half the sides that played yeah. on the weekend. So you know, but look, I don't know. I might even change my tip there to the Tigers. Um, but yeah. I am, I'm gonna. You gonna? That. Yeah, I'm gonna. Knights were good. I the like Knights, the Knights. The Knights were good. And it's their first. It's their first game at McDonald Jones Stadium. Yeah. Or Henny Penny Stadium, as I like to call it. <laughs> um, but I don't know because the Tigers have, have, have had their measure a couple of times. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Remember they pumped them last year. It was like it was very early in the early in the round. So I don't know. That's a hard one. That is a hard one. Look, I hope not. The Knights fans up there, they deserve a Knights. Good performance. Oh, look, there's nothing better than a night. There's nothing better than Sunday Arvo at Henny Penny Stadium with the William playing. Stand. Yeah, playing against whoever it is. Like we used to have some great battles there, even when I was playing for the Bulldogs and stuff like that. But playing for the Knights as a Knights player, there's nothing special. There's nothing more special. And here is the battle of last year's last Spoon, and second yeah. last, and they're both coming off big wins against more favoured opponents. So this this could be the match of the round, possibly. The Bulldogs, the Broncos are slight favourites. Yeah. That's it. I think they probably deserve to be because of who they beat. A core stadium. A core stadium, yeah. Acorn Stadium. Acorn. But like do you think um do you think the Bulldogs have a chance? So you're saying they're a chance. <laughs> oh look, I, I do. Um I think the Bulldogs are a work in progress, um, obviously, as you know more than most. I think the Broncos the Broncos have got that Ford pack where they, they look good. They, they're just a strong forward pack. I thought Billy Walters was really good last week, and yeah. they replace him with Adam Reynolds. So Adam Reynolds will, will lead that thing. Albert the Kelly pack. was outstanding. Kelby, Ke- Albert Kelly Selwyn, at five eight. Cobbo. Yeah, look. like their back five. Oates was back. You know what I mean? Like Katoni uh, Stags. You're talking some a back five that can get you out of anywhere. Yeah. Um, Farmworth. Yeah. You know. So then, you, then it, regardless if they don't even get to their forty. Reynolds is going to kick the shit out of it. Yeah, that's right. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, you see Burton's kick? I think he had about six seconds airtime. Yeah. It was one of the biggest kicks I've ever seen. But like, when you have a, when you have a great kicker, it doesn't matter if, if, they, if they can jam you in your own 10 and you can have three or four plays, you get to your 40, 
he's going to get it back down to their 20 or 10. So, like, that's what, that's what helps when you've got a person like Reynolds. The Bulldogs, I think they get Pangai back this week and he'll be just sent out to just do a, to, to attack Payne Haas. Yeah. Because... That'll be a good battle. He's... He's quite unstoppable, Payne Haas, but I think someone who could stop him is Pangai Jr. And Making him not unstoppable. Just he's stoppable. a little bit stoppable. Um, and I just think, I just think um, this would be a really good game. Both both forward packs are pretty good. I'd give the tip, I'd give the nod to the Broncos probably back back line wise and strike wise. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. But the first first home game for the Bulldogs, they want to they want to keep this role going. The Broncos aren't unbeatable. They still have that mentality the last three or four years. So it's not a winning mentality either. And you're one from one. We are one from one. Willie's Big Boys. It's back. All right, it is. It is back. It is the time of the show when... William picks three big blokes who he thinks have excelled themselves yep. in the week before. So, nice. William, take it away. Yes, it was. Uh, the big boys were out in force on the weekend. So, my number one one point goes to James Fisher-Harris, who's just a machine. Like, round one, 57 minutes, 21 hit-ups, 186 metres, 26 tackles, no misses. And the thing is, like he played, and as I said, if you know the rules, like you got to be playing against a decent team. I think Manly was supposed to be a decent team. Everyone's thinking they're going to make the top four. Their forward packs this. They got this, this, and this. Fisher Harris monstered him. Two points, Junior Paulo played against the Titans. Titans have a fair pack. Tino Fasul Malawi. You've got Fafita. You've got Proctor. You've got Fodawaka. You got all these young kids, young bulls, trying to take this guy on. Fifty-four minutes, eighteen hit-ups, one hundred and sixty meters. I think like 30 tackles. Like he's just a machine. And it's just his second phase and the way that he can actually play. Like these, he's got a halfback's brain, you know what I mean? Like he's running overs, he's tipping he's tipping the ball on. You know, he had 18 hit-ups, but he probably touched the ball about 23 times. You know, he's tipping it on to, to um, Big Reggie there. You know, like he's got that Papaliti there. You know, they're all making very good meters in the middle. So it all comes back on the back of, of Junior Paulo. Three points, Payne Haas, my goodness. Against South, 70 minutes, 23 hit-ups, 187 metres, 45 tackles, one miss. That's ridiculous for round one. Ridiculous. And most of his hit-ups were in the middle, so I don't really count all these guys that do the hit-ups off the kickoffs and, you know, like dropouts and all that sort of shit because that's an easy 20 metres. Kid does these – most of these three people do these hit-ups in the middle between the 40s. So they're making some solid metres there. It was just – it was a great show of just – Power and fitness, you know what I mean. So, um, it'll be a good battle. These are the, what these are our final. This is our final three last year, wasn't it? It was. You know, Fisher Harris just got the tip at the end, but like Payne Haas keeps this up. I don't think anyone's going to beat him. Junior Paulo, Fisher Harris, mate. They're they're three of our best forwards. So that's the Willie's big boys for this week, and that is the leaderboard. They will again be receiving just a heap of drink from yeah, our friends at Young. We're going to get Fisher Harris's. Address so we can send him out a heap of crap. And then we'll announce it on the show if you want to visit. (laughs) We'll tell it everyone now. You have to come in. Okay, Will. So last year on the punt we won about seven and a half grand and we gave it to our uh, our junior club, the Brighton Seagulls, which – Is that in Melbourne? No. San Susie. The magic Brighton Susie. I think Keith Galloway paid them. Played for him, and uh, anyway, that was fantastic for them and wonderful for us to be able to do it this year. This will be our first bet of the year. Will it or did we bet last week and just go no good? Probably. Just I think we good. just put our Dally M's in last week. We're going to change them. We haven't actually put. Yeah, them on. I don't like. I wasn't them. happy. So we'll think about that. We'll do that next week. I'll but, put it. I'll put it in round twenty six. One dollar twenty. Uh, so I have chosen – I'm just easing into it this year. I've gone the Storm, the Titans, the Raiders and the Roosters all head-to-head, um, and I'm getting about $5.30 on that. Right. William, you have gone Berserko as usual. I went Dragons 1-12, to Tigers 13+, plus, Sharks 1-12. to And yep. that will get us about $7,658. That one bet that one will bet. actually cover more than what we got last year. So you are back in oh, fine Oh, wow. Form. You're in fine form. All right, what's the producer got? He's back. The Eels, Bulldogs, and Essendon. 
I don't even know. Just for the win. Yeah. So just straight we'll out. Accumulate about $440. $440. dollars $440. Yeah. Something like You're that. You're going to throw in $4. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Well, well, we'll just keep an eye on that. We're going to obviously, um, as the season goes on, and hopefully we win some cash, then we'll work out where it's going. Yeah. Fair enough. What's our tips? All right. So, oh, hang on. I'm coming last. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming first. Shit. Did you get six last week? Yeah. Did you? I did. I know you got Penrith. What else did you get? I don't know. Just one more than you. Two yeah, more. Right, Two more. Two more. Anyway, I'm I think we're pretty get... even this week. Anyway. Uh, well, you've you. Well, you tell what you've gone. Well, I've done. I've gone the Storm, Panthers, Roosters, Titans, Sharks, Raiders, Knights, Bulldogs. I've gone Storm, Panthers, Roosters, Titans, Sharks, Raiders. Oh, I'm going to change it. Go I? on. Yeah, I'm changing the Tigers. You know what? Fortune favours the brave. Yeah. Sorry, Cal. Uh, but I've probably just got your team home, so go the Knights. Uh, and I've picked the Broncos instead of the Bulldogs. And the producer has gone Storm, Panthers, Manly. Eagles, nice. Go Manly. Titans, Eels, hey. Raiders, Knights and Bulldogs. Yeah, he's coming for the lead. <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about at all. He does. I'm, I'm, I'm with him. So this year basically the uh, – the Twitter, I'm right on the Twitter now. I'm controlling the Twitter page. And so yeah, you're doing good. what I'd like to say is that if you've got any questions or anything you want asked, we're actually going to do it. We're going to call this the Twitter sphere. Is that already a word? It probably is. Probably. Well, this is the, the take Twitter sphere. So I'm going to read out questions that people ask. We got two in. I only put it up about half an hour ago, so I'll probably do it a bit sooner next week. But first of all, 2002 dogs. Versus the 09 Storm, who would win? That is from, no worries, Sam. No worries, Sam. Good on you. Is that his name? That's his name. Oh, wow. You know what Twitter's like. Um, that's a good question because both are outstanding teams, especially the 09 uh, Melbourne Storm sign. But I can't, I can't go against what we did uh, in 2002. I think we just had a really well-balanced side between old senior players, some young, young guns, and right in the middle there, like guys like Nigel Vungan or Willie Talau, and you know we're, they were all vets. You know Steve Price, and you know we just Paul Rahihi. Remember him? Like, Interesting, you didn't pick the 04. Dogs. Well, you said O two. Yeah, I know. I did. He said O two. I'm just. I know that's pretty. Lines. It's weird. It's. I, I, I'd go O two. I think we'll just. I think we'll. They, they were young. The Storm were young in 09. Yeah. And I just think we'd have that experience over them. But they, yeah, they had GI and. Is that like, one of the ones they lost? Yeah. That so GI, so GI. Oh, maybe that's so what he's had, saying. That's what he's. I've worked we both, it out. So we both got done both with got, a salary cap. Yeah, but they had on, like yeah. GI, um, Israel Folau, Cam Smith, Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater. It's a fair team. They rotted the salary cap so much better than you did. <laughs> that was a heaps better salary cap rot yeah. than them. <laughs> All right, so food combos. I don't know. I can't cope with Come food, on. honestly. No, I'm getting better at it. Kyle. Why is Kyle not getting picked at seven? I assume he means Kyle Flanagan. Kyle Flanagan? I don't know. I don't select teams, but I played, do. I played the fifth. <laughs> played the fifth. All right. So that – that well, there you go. So anyone else who wants to know things. Oh, because uh, Avarillo is seven. Good answer. Yeah, thanks. done. <laughs> thanks for that. Hope that answers his question. Because he's, pl- he's playing yeah. Reggie's. Uh, all right. that That's – yeah, that's it. That's isn't it. it. That's it. So, Thank you guys. honestly, though, we're going to be doing Twitter. We're going to be doing heaps of stuff this year. I'm all over the social media stuff. So, uh, right. see you next week. See you next week. I'll be following Willie more and more. Oh, back in the NRL. As Willie Mason. I've forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25 minute man. Fuck. Oh, you got skills, son. Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network.